BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off limits. Hello, everybody. How are you? Sorry, that sounded stressed. I'm going to start that all over again, but I'm going to leave this in. Hi, everybody. How are you? It's funny how when you like force yourself to smile when you talk, how that can actually kind of like shift your mood and make things a little bit lighter. But welcome to With Wit. I'm so happy to have you guys here this week. We have a wonderful, wonderful episode for you today with someone super inspiring and someone who, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit in you, you will be really excited to hear from. I am so happy to be back, back getting into the groove of things, though life seems pretty, pretty hectic right now. Still waiting on embryo news. Got a message from my doctor being like, I have good news. And then I called him back and he was unable to talk. So by this time next week, we will definitely have some news in terms of the healthy frozen embryos that are going through the genetic testing right now. But socially, we've just had so much going on. We had our best friend's 40th birthday on Saturday. My sister and Brett have been in town We this week have a one-year-old birthday party. We have a game night at my best friend Joe's house. She just moved into a new house. Like lots of really fun things that as I'm saying, like I start to feel guilty about these fun things, thinking about like everything else that is actually going on in the world and the, the fun and the aspect of life that so many people are missing. But as we all tried to do, we try to compartmentalize and we try to keep things in perspective and definitely look at those things to help us find gratitude in our own lives, right? We can't just constantly feel guilty. We also have to find ways to help them. So one of the reasons why I've continued to try to share 
about Ask Cares, the company in Studio City. I know I'm jumping around, but I feel like this is kind of moving and grooving along. But I go to this facialist in Studio City. I found her because her son goes to Taekwondo with Sunny and she was like, you must come see me. I'm an esthetician and she's from Ukraine and she's fabulous and so educated and can do so much. And dermaplanes my skin and gives me that glow and really caters everything to whatever anyone's specific needs are. Anyways, because she's from Ukraine, she has a real hand on what is going on over there and and what is needed. So I've tried to highlight her company and what they're up to. So definitely check out Ask Cares on Instagram to see if you can help in any way if you feel like helpless at all like me. This episode is great. It definitely inspired me to focus on like the exciting creative projects that I have going on. You realize that you focus so much on shooting content, recording this podcast, recording the YouTube, like getting stuff up on social. You forget about the creative aspect part of it and the part of our work that is all about really leaning into what we really believe in and what we think is cool and not listening to what anybody else feels. So Excited for you to hear from her. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know about Bandier because I link to them so often for all sorts of athleisure wear. They have the cutest stuff. And today I'm interviewing the founder and CEO, Jennifer Bandier. Bandier is a luxury multi-brand activewear retailer known for its premium selection of active and afterwear. Bandier really stands as an example of an emerging subcategory in fashion that addresses the intersection of fashion, fitness, well-being, and really reinventing the way that we as women shop our activewear. It was so inspiring to hear how Jennifer built her company and really the story behind this unique brand and just her general MO about stuff, how she really just does things her way and really against all odds, against a lot of people telling her that she didn't have a bright future ahead of her. She just trusted her gut and her intuition and created an awesome company. So here is Jennifer. I'm so excited to chat with you. I, like you, have been in like the wholesale retail world for a while and have like gone through the ups and downs and the ever evolving industry that it is. And just just so excited to talk to you as an entrepreneur and also someone that has struggled with IVF and the fertility journey. So it just feels like we have so much in common. And so I'm so yeah excited just to learn from you. But I thought that first we could just kind of start with your background and like first professionally, the story behind Bandier and how it got started. I always worked my whole life, even through high school and idle time was never ideal for me. Like I was always during the summer, even if it was for a month, I would always have something lined up to do. And my background is the music business, but there were, you know, I eventually, I I think in 2012 or 13, I, I broke my foot and, and I tore all the ligaments and I was oh. in a cast for five months. Oh. And it was like the snowiest winter New York had seen in ages. Oh, and- I sat home and like, what could you do? I watched TV. I wasn't working. And I was like, 
eat it. Depressed, you know, and probably. Yeah, I wasn't like, and it was just too hard. It was very hard to get around. So yeah, I wasn't like, and, and I had crutches. And they were like, be careful because you'll hurt your back. And you'll, you know, it was always like, I was scared to even move. Right. And then I went, like, finally, I got my cast off. And, and I brought, I, this is how naive I was. I brought my other shoe. And he was like, that, what's that for? I said, to where? He said, your foot is not the same way it was. It was like still enormously swollen. And I was like, what happened? He's like, you broke your foot and you tore all your ligaments and you now need to, it was like constant. I I think I'm in PT, physical therapy for everything imaginable. So I was there, I did that. And eventually I was like, the only sort of activity I could do was to walk. And I started ordering all this clothing online and I, all these boxes would show up and I was so excited. I was, I was working out with a few different trainers. Eventually I realized, I was like, why is there no multi-brand activewear store? And of course it was met with, it's a terrible idea. Don't do it. If it was such a great idea, don't you think somebody else would have thought of it? And honestly, in my heart and soul, I knew this. I didn't, I didn't listen to the noise. I just was like, I'm, I'm doing this. This is so important for everyone out there to hear because we have a huge gang of entrepreneurs that are always looking for like entrepreneurial spiritual tips. And I feel like this is just so important. Like the listening to your gut and not paying attention to the noise is one of the key, key, key factors in like creating something successful. I totally agree with you because yeah. if I listened to everyone, I would never even have a business. I wouldn't, I mean, everybody was like, it's the worst. I, like you're just going to waste. Why would they say that though? Like, I don't understand. You know what? Like, I, so... Because no, nobody understood it. And truthfully, I had had a business on QVC uh-huh. after I left the music business. I, I love, I, I love music and yeah. I love the music industry. Yeah. And I, had my last job was, I mean, I had worked at record companies. I, my greatest thing was when I was in college, I got to intern at MTV and I thought it was like the coolest thing in the entire world. Yeah. I couldn't wait to do it. But my last job was I, I worked and my ex-husband and I managed the band TLC oh, and he goodness. still works with them. Oh my so God. I, it was the most incredible experience. And I lived in Atlanta for a while. And then after that, and I had a business on QVC, but it was pre-technology and it was a sort of a technology. You had to send in your photos, mail them, and yeah. it wasn't like you couldn't upload them. You could, right. but that wasn't. Well, so was totally different. But what was the business on QVC? What were you selling on QVC? I was selling like customized, like little um, pouches and dog products. Okay. So you were like pet kind beds. of like. So you were always kind of had this entrepreneurial spirit of like selling things that you were passionate about. Yes. And I, things that like, I, I loved creating. I yes. love trends. I didn't know that trend forecasting was actually a job until I got into this shop. I, I loved fashion, but I would never say that like, I, I loved it because I, I love, like I enjoy 
looking at things and discovery and finding things and getting excited about something. I, I, it's really interesting. We were having this conversation recently that's with a group of girls that some people just like someone to pick out all their clothing and they'll just wear it. And I'm so particular. I like to look at every single thing everywhere, you know, and see, I, it's just me, but it's just but, your personality. Of course, totally. like you are, you are a professional curator, obviously. And I think that you probably realized that about yourself and then turned that into being an entrepreneur. But when you realized, okay, so there's no company out there that's a multi-brand active wear outlet, like, and I don't mean outlet, like as in off sales, but yeah. So what was the first step you took to actually building it? There was nothing that existed. So I knew all the brands because as you said, I'm like a curator and there wasn't, I mean, there were brands, some brands that I was soon to discover, but you know, I knew what I wanted. There were, let's say 40 or 50 brands. And I knew that I needed somebody who had experience so I was connected with a woman named Jane mm-hmm. Harkness, who was one of the founders of the co-op at Barney's. Like she had worked, and which the concept was very similar because it was all these emerging brands. They were all active. And, you know, I knew that I was living in my active wear, but I knew what I wanted to wear wasn't available to me in New York or under one roof. You could get a one, you know, item here, one there. But I, I was going to all these classes, and all these other women were going, and and it, I knew there was an opportunity. So my first was to get someone who could help me. But when I look at the business, I think of myself sort of as the ultimate consumer, and I think like, what would get me to shop in a store? I knew that I couldn't offer fifty brands no one had ever heard of without having an anchor brand. So that was where Nike, Adidas came in because it would make you feel more comfortable. Well, she sells Nike. You know, she's got Stella McCartney for Adidas. So it was very important to us to, or to me, to have these brands. And I knew that like, I could not afford rent in New York City. I mean, I saw, I was like, oh my God. I mean, I don't even know if this is going to work, but I knew that an audience in the Hamptons was very similar and I could afford the rent out there. The first store was really proof of concept. Okay. I needed to prove to myself that other women wanted to buy this clothing and ended up, I think there was 800 square feet of selling space. I think that summer we sold around 11,000 or 12,000 units of clothing. Wow. And, and, and the word athleisure did not exist. It was about to be, it, it came about in the middle of the summer, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, the, mm-hmm. and, and everyone that would come in the store would go, I can't believe I didn't think of this idea. And I would think to myself, I can't believe I thought of it. I couldn't articulate to you what I saw the future, like what I saw trends coming. But I could see, I knew it in my heart. I could see what people were wearing, what was working. And I knew that with stores, since everybody was shopping online, like what would get you to go to, what would get someone to go to a store? Something that they couldn't buy online. They didn't have one place to look at everything. The best curation. 
Exactly. So that was really it. And it was really the most incredible experience. And then the next step was we opened a pop-up in Flatiron in New York, uh-huh. which was looked like a bad Barney's warehouse sale because <laughs> we, it, it honestly, when someone came into the store, they were asking us if we wanted to open somewhere and they're like, but we just need to know that the store will not resemble this store. And I said, no, this is like, a pop-up. I didn't want to say it's a bad pop. It it just, it, we, we didn't know how long we were going to be there. It was three months and it ended up being over a year. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, That just also goes to show you that sometimes like it doesn't necessarily matter how, how things look on the outside when they trust you and when they trust your creation and when you're organic and you're really selling from the heart, it doesn't matter that your shop looked like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it it didn't because it was about the clothing, the vibe, the feeling. We started having classes in the store. It was about the community. Yeah. And that's what we were building because we eventually moved and then we had everything under one roof. Studio B, where we had like the best classes, the best instructors. And then we had the stores and, you know, it was an incredible journey. And now a word from our sponsors. Spring fashion is fully upon us and I am so beyond ready. I would describe my style as like quirky, funky, colorful, fun, and definitely experimental. Always have been. So spring for me is perfect just because I love playing with prints and patterns and popping with bright colors. The other day I wore this neon green dress with a matching neon blazer that people probably were like a little bit scared of, but it feels like bold and empowering and confidence boosting. And I really love how fashion can play a role in our emotions and how they can really be an expression of our personality. You never know what it could do for your insides, you know? So always go with your gut when styling yourself. That is the priority to make sure that you feel comfortable. Macy's has got everything you need to show off the newest version of you this spring. So really debut that version of yourself that you feel the most powerful in, whether that's like a power suit or designer handbag or really cute chic sandal. There's so much on there and there's also 30% off happening. I'm currently looking at handbags just because I feel like you can never have enough. And Macy's has such good classic chic essential ones like from Kate Spade, New York and Calvin Klein, Lauren Roth Lauren and Michael Michael Kors brands that just will never go out of style. Plus, don't forget you can get makeup, skincare, styling tools and more at 15% off. Head on over to Macy's.com and use the promo code OWNIT. That's Macy's.com with the promo code OWNIT. O-W-N-I-T. Do you have a favorite item of clothing that you just always grab, whether you're in a rush or not? That perfect pair of jeans or the most comfortable sneakers. I most definitely have my go-to sweats on as we speak, but for third love, 
It's their 24-7 classic t-shirt bra. It offers unparalleled comfort thanks to every unique detail in its fit, style, function, and design. Loved and worn by millions of women, it doesn't pinch or dig, which I personally cannot stand with bras. The 24-7 t-shirt bra is designed to fit and form to your body because every detail has been made with ultimate comfort in mind. It's ultra thin, has memory foam cups, and those give your boobs everyday comfort and support. They have luck straps that never slip and they're so smoothing. It looks invisible. So no matter what you wear, always has that smooth look available in cups a through I, including third loves exclusive half cup. So when I'm physically uncomfortable and like my bra is digging into me, I just feel, ugh. I want to feel confident. I want to feel better. I bet I'm not alone there. When I wear my third love, I'm no longer distracted by what might be going on underneath everything. Their online fitting room quiz really helped me find the perfect size and the perfect style for me. Love your fit guaranteed. If not, exchanges and returns are free for 60 days. Feeling is believing. Give your boobs the 24-7 comfort and support they deserve. Upgrade your bra today and get 20% off your first order at thirdlove.com slash with wit. That's 20% off at thirdlove.com slash with wit. And now back to my interview with Jennifer. What would be your biggest advice to like any budding entrepreneurs right now? Like, obviously you've said the importance of going with your gut and trusting your instinct, but after all that you've learned and all the growth that you've had, like what is one thing that has stuck with you? I think that, that if you can, don't be afraid or like embarrassed to ask questions, anybody questions or uh-huh. reach out to people because you, you know, so many people were so kind. So a lot of people weren't kind, right. you know, they didn't, they weren't remember like that you, I mean, yeah, well, I only remember that because my platform for me is to support other women or anyone that really wants to, you know, try something. Do you, I, I, I always, I think that it's, it, it's so amazing if, if there's anything I can do to help someone make a decision or change their career path. I would say, don't give up. Like, don't get discouraged. Not everything happens that minute. You know, I always say like failure is part of success. So it's really, it teaches you, you know, you make the wrong mistakes, which teach you to make the right, you know, decisions and do the right things. Exactly. I think that's so important. It's like when you're faced with what one would maybe distinguished as a failure, even though I really do believe like in entrepreneurship and business and growing, there really isn't such thing as failure. It's just about learning and learning from your mistakes, you know? Exactly. And if you learn, then it really isn't a mistake because if you next time don't make the same, you know, decision or, or make that mistake and you do the right you know, do it in a better way. Yeah. I think it's like repeatedly making those kind of poor decisions that you, that you you just doing things where you realize you haven't learned from. That's when I feel like we start to get really hard on ourselves. And we're just like, why do we keep doing this? Like how, 
And I think that's just so important to continually like be aware that we are still always capable of change. Like no matter what, no matter how old we get or how successful we are or how unsuccessful we are, like we're always capable of change. But I I think what you've built is so amazing. And I love your shop in LA and the product is really, it really is like the go-to place to find the best in luxury activewear. And I think it's always just evolving and continuing to grow. And like that, that's kind of the hardest part for me is when did you realize, like, did you ever get to a point where you needed outside help where it was growing so fast and you didn't know how to handle it? Like how, how did you delegate in that way? First of all, I'm not afraid to ask for help. I mean, in the sense that when it started growing rapidly and mm-hmm. I wanted it to be set up for the best success that I could, we took funding and that was an incredible experience. And the business grew. We, you know, we have a, a store in Highland Park Village in Dallas, which is incredible. The store on Melrose is incredible. And the people, you know, one of the things that I think people underestimate, which I think is one of the most valuable parts of our business are the people that work in the store. Mm-hmm. And I spend a lot of time in the stores because you can get all the data, but mm-hmm. I like hearing from the, about the customer. Like why is she gravitating to that color versus this color? Or why doesn't she like this print or what's going on with this? And you really absorb that the the managers, they're incredible. 100%. They, I mean, you know, every week I wait to get the updates on the week, you know, on what worked, what didn't, because I feel like there's a soul to it. And, and I could hear like what exactly, you know, when I hear like one person asks for something, I'm like, okay, I, that's ridiculous. We're not going to like bring that in. If one person out of like, you know, tons of people, right. but I, I want to listen, maybe it's a good idea, but, but I think the important thing is, is trying to I'm a, by nature, a very disorganized person. Like even in my mind, it's been hard not being in our office that much, but yeah. now we're about to be in a new office and I'm super excited because I love the energy of like being around everyone. And I think it, it makes such a huge difference. Mm-hmm. You I know, can, I mean, I can totally relate to you in terms of like, not necessarily being the most organized and especially in my brain. And like, I think that that has to do with, and this is not to like tap ourselves on the back or whatever, but just being creative people and having like different strengths in different areas. And that's where I would ask you, like in kind of knowing that about yourself, what, how do you structure your days? You know, like how do you structure your work day so that you can be productive and knowing, you know, and also knowing that you're not maybe the most like rigid, like scheduled out person. Whitney, you couldn't have said it better because let me tell you something. (laughs) I'm the, I'm like, first of all, if, if I was allowed to, I'm like, probably the old, like the only person that could sleep till like noon. If I was like, I, I literally could do that. And, and I remember I have a, I have a brother who he, he came one day came over to our house and we lived in a little beach cottage right next to my dad. And he came over and he goes, he goes, I thought you would be awake. Like you have a business that you have to go to work to every day. 
Like it's, it's like noon and you're just getting up. I'm like, well, it's my day off. And he's like, yeah, but I mean, I just remember laughing because I was like, that's just who I am. That's but who you are. And certain people have different productivity hours, you know? <laughs> like, yes. I, and that's I, okay. I, we live in a day yeah. and age where we can make that work for us if we need to sometimes. First of all, I would never, like if you said to me, I want to do the podcast at 9 a.m., I would say you're probably going to get a very silent like person because yes. I just, my brain doesn't like, uh, like wake up by then. It takes a little fine. while. Yes. Yeah, and, and I know that about me. And yeah. so I, I don't ever do that, but I'm, you know, I, at night I feel very peaceful because the phone isn't ringing off the charts or sometimes it is, but you know, later at night I could do like a lot of creative work or, yeah. you know, like I come up with my best ideas then. Yeah. My husband and I are on totally different schedules. He would get up at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. I would tell him there's something seriously wrong with him. Why would he wake up that early? <laughs> he was like, well, how could you sleep till 11? And I said, right. I don't know. It's a gift. I mean, some people can do it. But Take I go advantage to of it. <laughs> but I do get up at normal hours and there's a lot of meetings. There's a lot of structure to that. And then- yeah. I really have been trying to take time to, because I realized since we've been working at home or, you know, not in the office that I, I don't have that time to shut off from work and be, and like allow my mind to like, what I've been doing is putting like my works up and putting it on a shelf and putting mm -hmm. it on the side. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say to myself, I'm going to pick that up in the morning. Yeah. Even though I, I can't always do that. You know, sometimes I'm like, I can say that, but it's then I hard. go right back into it. I yeah. know it's hard. I, I get that too, especially sometimes when I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go relax and take a really long shower. And then when I'm in the shower, some of my best ideas happen. And I'm like, oh crap. Now I have to go out like remember all this, write it down. And then all of a sudden you're like into a whole other thing, but you have to set those boundaries. It's so important. I think another lesson that's really important is don't try and be somebody you, you think people want you to be. Just right. be you. That's right. what people are going to, they're going to love the genuine, the real person who has whatever business that you're going into. And my big mantra at work is progress, not perfection. Yes. And because, it, listen, there are so many people I know that are like very, very, per, you know, they're, everything is always great, perfect, amazing. And I, I, when I was younger, I'd be like, what's wrong with me? I'm like crying, you know, I don't understand this. And I'm always like, I had a terrible day. I hate my life. You know, it was like so dramatic. And then I realized, like, I'm a, like, a, nobody's life is perfect. I mean, I wish somebody's life was, but, but it, it's all like, I'm a work in progress. And who knows? I, I just think it's unrealistic to think that anyone could ha live a perfect life. So I'm always trying to say, like, it's progress. And we're, you know, we're getting every day, sort of, we're working towards, you know, getting better, but no one's ever going to adhere to being perfect. Right, it's just not possible. It's just not possible. And it's something to not even attempt to strive for because it doesn't even exist. Thank you for your patience while we take a few minutes to hear from our partners making this episode happen. 
Are you slipping on cotton? Well, your sheets are dirty. Cotton is an incredibly wasteful, thirsty, and damaging crop that uses dangerous pesticides and drains the earth's water supply. It's time to move on to something cleaner, softer, and better for the environment. And it doesn't have to cost a fortune. Etitude bamboo sheets are on my bed right now. And you guys, bamboo is better in bed. Made from the world's first clean bamboo fabric, Etitude sheets are luxuriously silky and get softer with every wash. I think I've washed ours 10 times now and they are like butter. Timmy's obsessed with them. They're a cooler way to sleep too, which is super important to us. We always want cool and soft breathable, moisture wicking, and hypoallergenic. Great for our sensitive skin. Attitude sheets keep you comfortable all night long. I've always loved sleeping in lots of clothes, but since I've had my attitude sheets, I've been like, get the clothes off. These feel so freaking good on my skin. Clean Bamboo is responsibly sourced and made in a closed loop system that recycles 98% of water in the process. Everything is climate neutral certified. And right now, you can get 20% off your order plus free shipping when you visit attitude.com slash with wit spelled attitude, E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E.com slash with wit. This is attitude's best offer, but don't wait. It's only for a limited time. Order today for free shipping and 20% off your order at attitude.com slash with wit. Anytime I partner with brands, I do it because I believe in them and I love what they offer. Parallel is the ideal example. I am such a fan and I use their product every day. You've heard me say it, but I'm going to say it again. They are so amazing and they're really improving my mindset during their fertility journey. They are the first and only OBGYN founded women's vitamin. They bundle all the daily vitamins a woman needs into one simple packet based on where she is in her hormonal life cycle. They have a conception support product for anyone trying to conceive like me, specifically formulated to support fertility in addition to products for each trimester of pregnancy, postpartum into motherhood. And they recently launched a women's multi that's made specifically for all women of reproductive age. Parallel's women's daily vitamin trio was formulated by a team of the nation's top OBGYNs, one of them, which I go to nutritionists, endocrinologists, and naturopathic doctors. This one packet supports your overall health, your thyroid function, boosts immunity with vitamin C, D, and zinc, supports emotional health, and offers stress support with L-theanine, and promotes healthy hair, skin, and nails. It does so much. Exclusively for With Wit listeners, Parallel is offering 15% off your first three months of Parallel with code WIT15. Head to Parallel.co, that's P-E-R-E-L-E-L.co, and if you don't love it, you can cancel anytime and there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's parallel.co with the code WIT15. Let's get back to the convo. I know this is a really difficult thing, maybe a difficult thing to talk to, but I have been very open about my fertility journey and I'm going through that whole situation right now and was just wondering 
now having been through it, what kind of advice you can give for someone that kind of like is in the midst of it? And also, I guess first probably to step back a little bit and maybe give a little bit of a brief on on your fertility journey and and so yeah, your story. So my husband and I really wanted to have children, and you know, we it just we we did IVF. I don't know seven nine times. I don't remember, but I had surgery twice. I, we tried everything and it was a lot. And I, I can't tell, I had a lot of miscarriages. I had one major, the craziest thing is we weren't doing IVF. Like at one moment, like we stopped for like a little while and then I got, I got pregnant. I mean, you hear about this all the time and then five months, almost six months into the pregnancy, I had a miscarriage and the really the heartbreaking part was that at the moment, the doctor was like, well, you can come in next week and we'll take care of it. I was like, what? I'm not like, I need to come in today. Yes. Like I, I, that I think was the most like that stung. It felt like someone was stinging me. It was like, I can't explain it to you. It was just horrible. Of course. I, and, and it just, my life became about having a baby. And then yeah. I just, that's why we stopped. But then I, I got pregnant and listen, I would just say, you know what? I, I love kids. I have a lot of nieces and nephews and, yeah. and my friends' kids are, I look at them as my nieces and nephews and I've been able to share my, their lives from the beginning, you know, when they were born and grown up with them. And I have great relation. I was just in Chicago for work. And I actually, my niece is is graduating from Northwestern and I got to be with her and her friends. And it was just so amazing. So I would say, be your own advocate. I always say this with the doctor, if you don't feel right, or if something's not right. And and just because the doctor says to you, no, it's fine. That Mm -hmm. doesn't mean it is fine. It's like, you have to tell them this is not like, this doesn't feel right to me or I need help with this or whatever. While going through this, you've realized that sometimes you feel like a number, you know, like you feel like they're just saying things to you and it's just like the script and you're like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I don't think you realize like how big of a deal this is for me. Or like, if you tell me something kind of vague, like how I may misinterpret that or whatever. Like, I think that there can be so much that gets like lost in between all the little details in this whole thing. And you also forget that what you want plays a role too. Like, I think that a lot of the doctors, they think like, okay, there's this certain, there's these steps that you have to take in order to to have the baby. And you're like, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Like, I need to know all my options first. Like, please don't just plan this out for me. I know it sounds sort of complicated to maybe anybody who's listening who hasn't been through IVF and had any kind of complicated fertility journey, but you are so right in that, like, you really have to be in control of how the whole process is making you feel and know when it's time to say, whoa, like, I like, this is actually affecting my quality of life and I can't do it anymore. It, it, it just became, my whole life was about having a baby. And yeah. then I was, that's how mine I started, feels right now. I feel that right. Now, and like, I'm like in that, and I haven't even been through a quarter of the, the processes that you have. Listen, I would say this. 
you're young. Literally, we tried. I did every kind of like non-doctor sort of like I like go to different healers and and I, I I tried everything, you know, or whatever. And it just it it wasn't. It, it had to. It was like bringing me down to a point, and it was so sad. And then I just figured at this moment, and I feel like I get so much fulfillment of working with so many young girls, and and you know just you know, helping or if I can ever support them in any way, if they want advice or they don't. But, you know, I think that that being a parent looks different in different ways. So I'm not like a traditional parent, but I know that my, my nephew, Cameron, I have two Camerons, my best friend's son and my sisters and their best friends too. They both have Camerons. And I, I both have rela- very close relationships. So I speak to them all the time. My nieces, Annabella, I was just with her. My step niece, I have twins, Sydney and Rachel. And I, I, if ever, I, I always want them to know that I'm always available if they need, if they want to talk to me. So I feel like, I feel like I get so much love from in so many different ways that, you know, where I can give love and, Yes. And I feel really, really, truly like very lucky for everything. And occasionally I'm like, oh my God, one day I'm going to be old. Like, is anyone going to like care about me? And my right. niece and nephew are like, what are you talking about, Aunt Jen? I know. You know, like, and they're like, what do you think? We're going to leave you on the side of the road and be like, hey, bye. No. <laughs> and even my nieces, that like one niece who started at USC this year and it's just like, they're all such great kids. I mean, right. I can't, I feel very lucky in that regard that all of like our siblings have shared their kids with us. Yes, of course. I mean, and an aunt is such a different relationship. I'm realizing and like rewarding in such a different way. I have a niece and like what I feel like she's able to talk to me about and the connection that we have is so different and fulfilling. Like I totally get it. I do get it. And I, I agree with you. I think there's nothing that we can say that's going to like cure someone out there from feeling like sad or depressed about what their fertility journey may be. It's just that there's certain things that we can't control and those things we have to become at peace with and we have to find fulfillment in other ways. And like also being a mom is not the be all end all and it doesn't like make women any more women. You know what I mean? Like it's not it, 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 no. it, it doesn't, it doesn't define anybody. And I feel like moms are constantly even more trying to define themselves beyond just being a mom. And like the grass can always be greener. So it's always just like a perspective shift. And that, that that's what I've learned from the whole experience. I think that, that you're, I think it's great that you talk about it. I listened mm-hmm. to like 50,000 of your podcasts. <sighs> Like, I was like, I want to know everything about oh my God, Whitney. Stop. I was like, Aww. so we were, we were unpacked or we were going through like a thousand boxes, not like a thousand, but just seemed like a lot. Yeah. And I had it, I had it playing and, and everyone in like the room was like, what are we listening to? I'm like, with wit, get yeah. with it guys. <laughs> they were all laughing. And and my friend Andrew was like, "What is this? What what are we listening to?" I'm like, "We're listening to her fertility journey." Yeah. Journey, and they were like, "Andrew's like, didn't I live through yours?" 
Right. And I was like, like, why are we our best friend? (laughs) And I said, well, I want to hear, but I think it's great that you, it's not something it's more spoken about now, but it was used to be like, nobody wanted to talk about it, but I would always say to them, I'm doing IVF. And people would look at me like I had three heads. I was like, it's, it's like a reality. Right. Like this is a real thing. And I think that because people weren't talking about it as much and now that there's social media, people have that for more. And so people know that it's happening more. Sometimes you don't really want to talk about and discuss. You want it to be a personal thing. You don't want anyone's opinion, but that you realize then the more that you discuss it, the more people have dealt with it. And it makes them feel just so much less alone. I I really have to say, I think what you're doing is it's incredible. And I think you're offering people information and making people feel like they're not alone. And, and that's the most, the worst part is how isolating it can be because you feel a certain way, but you don't want to like tell people that you feel that way because they're not, they might not understand, but at least people know that I felt awful. It's not only taxing on your body, but I think it on your soul and how you feel and you know what I always say, you know, feelings are not facts. So like you could feel really bad, but that might just be that moment or like an, it might feel an, an intense exaggeration of like, not exaggeration, but like an intense, like. Emo- it's an intense yeah, emotion in that moment. Yeah, yeah, I think that is definitely right. Another thing to learn is that these things may feel really, really deep, but they're going to like lessen in time and they're going to hit you less. And that's like the lesson in grief that we've like, we've talked about on this podcast too, right? Like nothing is going to take that sting away, but it's about feeling it. And then for you, I think it is really important and empowering for women to see like when it's time to just kind of like pull that plug and know that, you are in charge and in control of your life and nothing like this can really define you. I think it's just great to have a dialogue about it. Right. And and for people to feel like you're not alone. And it's it's because, you know, a lot of times we look at other people that have babies and we're like, you know, you compare right. how you feel on the inside to the right. way they look on the outside. And you're like, what's wrong with me? And it's not, that's like, you can't do that. Because you don't know, not that you want anything bad for them, but you don't know the whole story or whatever. Everything always, you know, appears a certain way. But you just have to know that, first of all, the feeling will pass. You will get through it. And you just have to know that, that it's not, it it, it feels terrible or it feels great or however you feel, but eventually you'll feel like, you and, and not feel like, you know, whether you're doing IVF, remember you're getting a lot of different medication in you that you're not used to. Right. Right. And it's not, you don't know like what is actually like your feelings versus the hormones versus your environment versus opinions of others. It's all very like convoluted and yes, but I appreciate you so much. Like, thank you for opening up and talking about this as someone who's been through this and has had a different experience and still like your outcome hasn't been decided, but it's 
really, really, really helpful for me, both as an entrepreneur to hear how you've dealt with things and as someone who has dealt with fertility. So I think a lot of people listening to this probably feel the same way. And I thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I feel honored that you invited me because when I said to my niece, I was like, I'm doing a podcast with which she was like, what you're doing it when, you know, she was super excited. And, and I really just want to say this when I, because this is to me really important. When I was growing up, I had a really bad learning disability, but they didn't want the stigma around me. So I never, ever got the help that I needed. And I was just always deemed as dumb not listening. I was, they were like, we don't know what's wrong with Jennifer, but her, everyone in the family is like brilliant and blah, blah, blah. So I was probably the last person that they would think would ever succeed. Don't ever discount yourself because listen, if you do, then other people will, but anything can happen. The biggest success I have is that I am not the person people thought I was. Right. And that anything that you were ever telling yourself about yourself in a negative way is not true either. Totally. That I have defied the odds. Yes. I, and I don't know what I'm doing half the time. I, I listen, I have untreated ADD. So half the time I'm like thinking about 50 different things, but I feel the same. I try, I, I try and do my best, but you know what? Just don't discount yourself and know that like I am living proof regardless of what happens. But I, I like when I get out, I'm always in shock. I'm like, they want me to speak at like Stanford. I'm right. like, <laughs> like, but I'm like just, me. It's like, right. It's like you have a little bit of imposter syndrome kicks in and then you're like, no, but I made this happen. This is me. And you know what? The truth is I just needed to learn in my own way and be my own person. So anything is possible. Just stick your mind to it. Stick with it. Listen to with wit because she knows what's happening. You're so sweet. And I really enjoyed, I feel very, I'm very excited. Well, thank you for being a supporter and for saying my name and for helping me. And I'm excited to continue to be a supporter of your company and you and everything that you've done. I will. I will always support you. You're such an advocate for other women. Thank you. And we both have that in common. Yes, for sure. For sure. Have a lovely day. Thank you for having You too. Thanks for... Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.